This is The Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy, with me as well. Bill, we have new numbers from educationnext.com. Apparently, they've done a survey. They found that there has been a pretty significant drop-off of public school attendance since the 2020 uh, COVID experience, uh, something like a 5 to 6% drop-off of non-charter public school attendance. And we've talked about this down to something like 76% are attending non-charter public schools. And that's down from about 81, 82% prior to the COVID-19 scare. And uh, private school attendance has been up somewhat. Uh, Private school attendance up 21%, charter school attendance up 44%, and homeschool attendance up 10%. Now, Homeschool is not doing anywhere near as well as private schools and charter schools uh, for a number of reasons. I think there's a challenge for parents to bring their children home and to educate them by themselves. There's something of a faith challenge for every parent that does this. This is simply walking you know, out of the boat and attempting to walk on water by faith and trusting God that uh, – that, you know, he will bless the work that we do as we raise our children with a focus, not just on their academics, but on their spiritual character, uh, their their physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. Uh, and, and that can only happen, as I see it, in a discipleship, uh, sort of a one-on-one, one-on-three, one-on-five, one-on-seven sort of a parent-child type of relationship. So we emphasize the importance of, of bringing back parental discipleship in an institutionalized age. And we push that pretty hard as an organization. We know it's a faith challenge. We know not many parents are really up for the challenge. Uh, So what you see is a 21% increase in attendance in private schools, 10% increase in attendance in homeschool, and a whopping 44% increase in attendance with charter schools and largely because, well, it's government paid. Government pays for it. Yeah. And government's going to babysit your child. Yeah. And so most people are going to go with that. They're, they're not going to go for the private option. And so we certainly are rowing against the tide when we encourage families to not turn their children over to a state-oriented state agenda in which uh, state-required uh, educators are complying to a distinctively naturalistic, anti-supernaturalistic, anti-God worldview and forbid any prayer in charter schools and any reverence and worship of the true and living God in charter schools. We encourage parents to get their children out of these temples, these charter school temples, get their children out of these public schools in which the fear of God is not taught to be the beginning of knowledge and give their children a distinctively Christian education in the nurture and the fear of God. And that sort of thing is rare. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call them temples. I'd call them brothels, mm-hmm. because you're prostituting your children to the gods of this world. And the reason you say that is, and those are harsh words, but I think they are harsh people words. need to understand that a religion, a false religion, teaches a false worldview. So there, there are distinctive worldviews. There's the Muslim worldview. There's a humanist worldview. There's a Christian worldview. You send your children to a Muslim mosque uh, or a Muslim school, and they will receive a distinctively Muslim worldview in if the you, education of the child. If you if you send them to the Mormon school, they're going to become Mormons. You send them to a humanist school in which a then, distinctively evolutionary, humanistic, anti-supernaturalistic, materialistic worldview is inculcated by law. 
by dictate of the Supreme Court of the United yeah. States on every charter school, to every public school in America. To the exclusion of a biblical world. What do you think they're going to turn out to be? They're going to turn out to be good little secularists. That's right. You know, would you give me your children for five, five days a week, six hours a day, 180 days a year, if you knew that I was a Satanist or an atheist for sure, and then I was going to inculcate that into your children? Of course not. But that's what we do. Yeah, they're just slipping one over on them is what they're doing. But, uh, well, here's the good news. The good news is, yes, homeschooling is up 10% in the last year, and that's fairly significant for a single year. We're thankful for that. It's nothing compared to private school and public school attendance, but homeschooling is up uh, 10% over the last year or two since COVID, and uh, that's a total of 3.9 million students. So it's, you know, better than we were doing in 1990, you know, with, hundred thousand better than we were in 1970 when there were six of us, you know, me and my siblings. <laughs> um, so we're doing better than we were, uh, but at 3.9 million friends, uh, we're just seeing a slow but steady increase. Now my guess is that second generation homeschool graduates will hopefully not all apostatize and turn their children back into secular schools. I'm hoping that they will still have children. I hope they won't buy into the, the birth implosion and the self-centered all about me worldview that uh, refuses to have children. I, I would hope that there be something of a conveyance of their parents values and the Christian faith from one generation to the next, at least within the homeschool context, we've determined that it's a 70 to 80% probability. According to our gen two survey, we did something like six or seven years ago. So, Based on the second generation, I think we we might touch 10 million someday. If the second generation stays true to the vision, we'll see how that works. Let's take a break, Bill. And when we get back, I want to talk about what's going on with this Grace Christian School in Tampa, Florida. It's come under a lot of pressure on the part of the gay Borg. I'll be back with more in just a moment on the Generations broadcast. What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live you can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org store today. That's generations.org store. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson here. And I want to interact with a story from Florida where this Christian school administrator stood up to the gay Borg. And we call it the gay Borg because 
well, you know, the peak Nazis, whatever you want to call it, um, and just about every ministry takes its turn, meaning that here's the way it works, Bill. The, the, the media fans the fames, gets the gay Borg all worked up, and then you get the death threats, and that gig just repeats itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, are you familiar with this, Bill? I'm very familiar okay. with all this. All right. So you know how this works. Uh, the Grace Christian Schools in Tampa, Florida, apparently what happens, the administrator sent a note around saying, if your students exhibit homosexual activity or get involved in the transgender thing, uh, we will remove them from the school. So that apparently made it to the media somehow. Media made a spill out of it, and then they get the death threat. So that's the way it goes. Much like, well, they've been doing this for 4,300 years. Yes. Uh, remember Lot's house? What's that noise, Bill? Somebody at the door. Who's, who's that? All the men and What's the boys. That? All the men and all the boys, men boys pressed of up against the house. Pressed up against the house, yeah. That's all the men and boys pressed up at the house. And that's a pretty bad sign, you know. You start to hear that kind of thing. And, and that puts to, to rest the lie. That it's only 10% of the culture. It's uh, a learned behavior. Yeah. It's a recruitment behavior. Yeah. And they're going to come after your children. They, they do come after, uh, yes. And and uh, they weren't very nice to the Levites' concubine Mm-mm. in the book of Judges. So I don't need to go over all of these details. But I'm just saying, I mean, the death threats from these folks come a dime a dozen. I mean, it's, they don't they don't really do that much but you do remember there was an incident in florida i believe it was or georgia atlanta georgia where tony perkins ministry was attacked do you remember this right after this gentleman had been uh stirred up a bit by the splc and their friends from nbc and the rest of the media that does its best to fan the flames get everybody all worked up and then get the death threats rolling so that's the way it goes guys and here's a Christian Post article, Barry McKean, administrator for Grace Christian School. It's near Tampa. He he said, you know, um, people start to violate the school stance on sexuality. They will be asked to leave the school immediately. So that was it. Sent the email around. He pointed out, uh, hey, you know, he started talking about homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, transgender identity, self-identification, bestiality, incest, fornication, adultery, pornography, sinful in the sight of God and the church. And then he refers to Genesis 2.24, Leviticus 18, Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 5.1, 1 Corinthians 6.9, etc. And uh, he writes in the email, students who are found participating in these lifestyles will be asked to leave the school immediately. So, so that was it, and that got around the NBC uh, to USA Today and uh, the the other normal suspects, and and then they get the death threats. Apparently, he said he's got two separate uh, individuals threatened him personally, including one who said they would burn his house down. Um, uh, it's maybe fairly tame compared to what happens with some ministries. We won't mm-hmm. talk about which ones, but um, nevertheless, this is the way it works. Now, it's interesting that you know he's he's doing his best to stand up on this. You see this? And it seems to me that Christian Post may be supporting him. And that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yeah. He says, for me, it's like if we waver on this, we're just a school. Kids can go learn math anywhere. What sets us apart is we believe these values. We're going to stick to these values. He said that, that he's going to continue to stand. And that is encouraging. You're not going to shout us down. I'm tired of Christians being trampled and shouted down and sworn at and getting scared and crawling back into a hole. We have things to stand for, too. 
Uh, it's got, it sounds like the guy's got some backbone, which yep. is encouraging. It's very encouraging. You know, and the Apostle Paul was never thwarted. He'd always, you know, he'd get stoned. Yeah. What would he do next? Get stoned in this city. What do you do? He got up. He got up and brush off his pants yeah. and then go on to the next city. <laughs> God revived him. Yeah, exactly. And, he and, did that over and over and over again. Yeah. It just appear, appears to me that the Apostle Paul was never really intimidated. Is that your sense of it? Right. And, and you look at he was beaten. He was flogged. Yeah. He was stoned to death. Shipwrecks. Yeah, shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet he continued. And that's perseverance. Get and that's back what up, I get back in the race. Yeah. And that's what I see with, with this administrator. And so we need to put him on the prayer list and, and pray for his perseverance, pray yeah. for protection, yeah. that the enemy does not find a, a chink in the armor, that, mm-hmm. that the community in that, and the Christians in that community surround him and support him and don't hang him out to dry. Boy, that's the kind of thing that happens yeah. way too often, isn't it? People so afraid of being persecuted in the United States of America. Yeah. And so this is this is encouraging. This is an encouraging article and an encouraging stand on the part of this school and this administration. Bill, have you ever received pushback? Have you have you ever received death threats yourself? Mm, I don't think I've ever received a death threat that I'm aware. Not that I recall. Uh huh. Okay. But how do yeah, you respond I've, to the pushback? Uh, you you look to God and you ignore the threats of men, and you put your trust in God. That's it. That's it. So, friends, don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated with this kind of stuff. The whole idea is that the gay Borg wants you to become homophobic. That's their goal. They want you to be afraid of homosexuals. <laughs> why the death threats? They're like, why the death threats? Well, they want you to be afraid of homosexuals. <laughs> so you won't share the gospel with them. Now, I'm very much against homophobia, Bill. Right. What about you? Yeah. I'm very I'm much not, against that. I'm not afraid of homosexuals. Yeah. Nor do I hate the homosexual. No, no. So what we need to do is we we stand for truth and grace. Truth and grace. Here's what the Bible teaches. Bring yourself in line with God's word and you will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And, and the, what I see in this administrator is really interesting because he, he has an organization that he has to lead, right? It's a school. He could be one of two types of, of people involved in an organization. One is one who is, who is committed to the principles and the guiding principles of the organization. The other is a person who is committed to the organization and protecting the organization. He is the first part of that. He's one who is committed to the principles. He's willing to say, you know, you can burn the organization down. You can burn the school down. I'm not going to waver on the principles. And, and that is a, that's a leader. The other kind of person is committed to the organization, protecting it and when, at whatever cost, which means you will compromise on principles. Oh, I see. Okay. You see gotcha. the point? Mm-hmm. But he's willing to take the stand. He's not, he's, not com- he's not committed to the organization. He's committed to the principles behind the organization. Yeah. And that is refreshing to see. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, n- nobody gets to justify their own sin and try to exempt themselves from the grace of God to take away their sin. Um, now, that's our position. And, and, and here's, here's what happens. You stand up and say, you know what? Homosexuality is a sin. We all sin. But we're going to call that sinner to repentance mm-hmm. and to faith in Christ. 
And he does not get a special category. He does not get to justify his sin and exempt himself from the grace of God to take away that sin. Right. We're just not going to let him exempt himself from God's grace. Now, they will crucify you for saying that. Right. But, but I believe that's his position. I don't believe what he's saying is these people are beyond a call to repentance no. and belong beyond the grace of God. I don't believe he's saying that. He's but, saying but he's we're saying, not going to let sin shout us down. But if, but yeah, you're right. And yeah. but he's saying if if you're just going to say sin is going to prevail, and grace will not prevail, then you just don't belong here. Right. That's that's what he's saying. He's taking that position, and he will suffer for it. Now, friends, I guess my encouragement is don't fear the enemy. This. I, I was together with some brothers and sisters, I think it was last night, and and we were having dinner and we we're talking about how the enemy was government after, you know, us and or this person or that person. And I just spoke up and said, you know what, guys, we can't fear the enemy. That would be an insult to Jesus because he's already overcome the enemy and we follow in his footsteps and we are going to have dragon blood on our tennis shoes tonight. Yeah. You know, I said, that's the kind of perspective we need to take to this. But I just sense that, you know, it's easy for us to fall into the fear of the enemy, but to fear the enemy and not to fear God is to insult God. That's what occurred to me. We are not to fear the enemy. We are not to have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. And we need to do a spirit check on this from time to time. You know, when, when you get a spirit of fear, you have to say no to it. Yeah. Because what you fear is what you will worship. Yeah. You know, if you fear the homosexual community targeting you, then you will end up worshiping the 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 praise of men and and worshiping the enemy, which is the devil. Yeah, and and that itself is an insult to God. Why? Right. Because well, we're supposed to fear God, who's worthy of all of our reverence, our fear, our awe-inspiring worship, and and when we're transferring that to something else, that my friends is idolatry. And it is an insult to God. And that's why Paul said, neither height, nor death, nor life, nor death, nor basically any created thing can separate me from the love of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Because he feared God more than he feared men. So so a couple things. When, when you face the death threats, okay, I'm just giving folks the, the heads up here. And, and the odds are, if you are a leader in the church, you are going to face death threats from time to time. I remember John Piper talking about how he had to face death threats and just about any leader who gets his head just a tiny bit above the radar is going to face death threats. Do not fear the enemy. And here's a second thing, Bill, stay on task. That's what I like about this guy. He's keeping the school doors open. Right. Stay on task. The number one strategy of the enemy is to get you off task. And what's the task? Discipling our children, discipling the nations, carrying on with the task that our captain gave to us. Disciple the nations, teaching them to observe everything I commanded. Stay on task, stay on task, stay on task. And what happens with fear is we, it, it just chokes us. It paralyzes us. We, we can't move ahead. Right. But that itself is disobedience, my friends. We cannot focus on what the enemy is doing. We must focus on what God is doing. And the overarching truth that needs to be welded into our minds and our souls is that, hey, God is in control. I put it this way in Bible study last week. I said, guys, okay, you know, we face the giant, okay? It's David facing the giant. What? 14, 15 feet tall. There you are, five feet tall, up against a giant, 15 feet tall. But David is saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who should defy the armies of the living God? Because you know why he says that? To a 15-foot giant in front of him? Because he sees the other giant behind the giant. It's like Caleb and Joshua in... uh... Numbers 13 and 14, you know, 
They saw the giants in the land. Oh, yeah. Just like the other spies did. Right. They looked beyond the circumstances. And they saw the other giant. And they the looked to the of angel of, of God That's right. willing to fight for them. That's right. God is in control and the Psalms apply. The wicked will slam you. They will twist your words. They will attempt to destroy your reputation. They will turn fake Christians against you. But you've got to remember that God is in control. The, the wicked can slam you for a year or two, five to seven years at the max. Bill, I think that's statistical. <laughs> I haven't done the study, but I'm just saying Psalm 37 is true. Okay. The wicked can slam you for a year or two, five to seven years at the max, but God is in the heavens. And, and I've lived long enough to realize, my friends, that you can run on for a long time. You can run on for a long time. But sooner or later, God will cut you down. I'm not quoting Bible verse there. You're quoting Johnny Cash. Yeah, I am. But there's some truth there, isn't there? Yes. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go tell the midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell them that God's going to cut you down. Tell them that God's going to cut you down. You can run on for a long time. You can run on for a long time. But sooner or later, God will cut you down. You may throw your rock and hide your hand. Work in the dark against your fellow man. But as sure as God may black and white, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. You can run on for a long time. You can run on for a long time. But sooner or later, God will cut you down. And, you know, the assumption, of course, that God is sovereign. And you know what? I can't, I can't just leave everybody with Johnny Cash. I got to go to Psalm 35. Can I do that? I Let's go to David. That, yeah. Okay, we'll go with Psalm 35. Let's put it in the biblical terms. Let them not rejoice over me, who are wrongfully my enemies, nor let them weak with the eye, who hate me without a cause. For they do not speak peace, but they devise deceitful matters against the quiet ones in the land. They also open their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. This you have seen, O Lord. Do not keep silence, O Lord, do not be far from me. Stir up yourself, awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness. And let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so we would have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion, who rejoice in my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor, who exalt themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. And Bill, they lived happily ever after, and that's the way it goes. In God's order of things, my friends, the devil doesn't win. The devil never wins. God always wins. Psalm 35 today on generations. Friends, be encouraged. God is in control. God wins. He's already won through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're cleaning up. Yes, sometimes lambs to the slaughter, but always in all these things, more than conquerors through him who left us. And that is the way this program ends. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack here inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. <laughs>